shit that I live for with the people I die for. Shit that I enjoy with the people I also enjoy. <laughs> it's like, wow, Andrew sucks as a friend. Boo! It's the stuff that I tolerate with the people I can tolerate. <laughs> could. I could choose it. Yeah. Playing in the back room, Led Zeppelin on stage. There's a mirror ball twirling and a note from Paige. We are Hottest 100s and Thousands, and we have taken control of your radio station because this is a podcast, and there's nothing you're gonna do about it. This is a podcast in which we talk about the songs that have been deemed hot enough to be in the Triple J Hottest 100. My name is David James Young. I'm one of the four voices you're gonna be hearing for the next hour or so. Joining me once again, it's Nathan Hello. Harrison. Hello. Wait for your cue. Sorry, sorry. I didn't realize it was going to be a second so, name. So, I was just going to... I just like... I always say the full name. You do. You're like for literally years now. And but yes, maybe like, this week. Yeah, maybe get like middle... Nathan Lee Fountain Harrison. What like do I, you call yeah. this? After years, I'm like, I better assume he'll change it without warning. Sorry. Hello. That's actually not a bad guess for Deej though. Oh, the only thing predictable everyone, about him... Guessing everyone's middle names. <laughs> no. Do that now, please. Guess, yeah, guess, guess mine. Go, go, introduce me. Okay, and uh, joining us once again is Mr. Andrew Moon Unit McDonald. Spot on. <laughs> Crazily spot on. <laughs> and Adam Dweezel... <laughs> <laughs> wow. I'm just picking Frank Zappa's kids' yeah. names. It's weird that their parents collaborated on that. <laughs> I know, right? We don't know each other, but our kids might be friends, and maybe they should have middle names that match. That's what friends have, right? <laughs> We're off to a very silly start, right? so uh, <laughs> let's let's just calm things down. Let's get a bit adult contemporary at number 30. Mm. It is Miss Natalie Merchant with a song called Carnival. Yes. Well, I've walked these streets, a virtual stage, it seemed to me. Makeup on their faces, actors took their places at number 30 in the 1995 Hottest 100 with a song called Carnival. Uh, there are 10,000 maniacs in the world and we have three of them in this room. Let's talk to one of them right now. 
Mr. Nathan Harrison. Who who of us is it? Are you, are you not? Or is there somebody else that... <laughs> Here's how it goes. You're in a band, a decent band that's having some alright success. Thank you. And you have a ba- you have a song that comes in at number 96 in the 1993 Hottest 100, which hey. is pretty good. That's in the top 100 songs of the year. That's hey. nothing to scoff at. But you know that your band is holding you back, so you leave that band, and then you spend a year, I don't know, training in the wilderness or studying under some master songwriter or something. And, and your then, name is Ringo Starr. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> and he then you come the back drums. in 1995 and you hit number 30 by yourself. That's huge. That's 66 places. Yeah. Massive improvement. That's like uh, Beyonce getting out of Destiny's Child exactly, right Exactly, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Leaving the other Destiny's children behind. <laughs> <laughs> so 96 from this year was Hang Around by Tumbleweed. So I think we can oh, all look yeah. forward to the smash single by uh, Richard Lewis <laughs> in number in, yeah. in 1997. Yeah, this is definitely how this works, yes. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, but I think this is a pretty nice song. I think we can kind of see Natalie exploring similar aesthetics and themes as a solo artist to mm. what um, Alanis Morissette is doing. But... Uh, particularly in this song, Natalie is positioning herself much more as a passive observer than Alanis, who is very much central to the emotional and, and social actions in her songs. It, it, it's Gonzo versus traditional journalism. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly, exactly. Mm. Um, but I think the song is nice. I think it lets us show off the depth of her vocal ability uh, a lot more than the song we heard last time, the Everybody Likes Candy or whatever From it was. From 10,000 Maniacs. Candy Everybody yep. Wants. Candy Everybody Wants. was pretty much hey. there yeah i think like her voice is great the, the beat and the guitar fit really well around it. it it's definitely this kind of song you know i wouldn't call it generic but it definitely fits a vibe that makes you think mid-90s radio friendly female singer songwriter yeah and that's fine look i dug it i you know i like the chorus and her voice is great and it's just a really easy song to listen to you know what the telling thing is i i see this as a 90s uh symbol of wealth which is a percussionist. <laughs> just some asshole, some dick getting paid like 25 grand just going... He'll, he'll be in any fucking band in the fucking 90s. It was a real gold it, yeah, rush just like, era for If your band is fucking loaded, for some reason you now have a percussionist. Oh, and again, Guns N' Roses, the, the Eagles. I mean, the, the crowded house track with the New Zealand drummers yeah, yeah, um, yeah. together alone. Yeah, 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 exactly. Oh, no. And then if you have cash left over after you you've paid the percussionist, you get a guy out the back who just scratches and does samples. Yeah. Yeah. But it's like, yeah. he doesn't need no samples that just record scratch. Like, that's just, just, yeah, just scratching. Track. Just That'll scratching. That'll come later in the decades, yeah. actually. Yeah. And sometimes you'll be like a band like Incubus where you'll get double. So you got the <laughs> one guy who's the percussionist and the DJ. Yeah. 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 I hope I'm, I'm never a band like Incubus. <laughs> <laughs> well, then he later abandoned both and just became their keyboard player. I was just—I guess I was that's, just like... That's useful, though. Yeah, yeah. I was he just like... have the skills for that. I was just like, oh, I guess we can keep him around. I so. really wish instead he had just gone solo as, like, <laughs> as a comedy wiki percussionist. Yeah. Like, the only <laughs> solo percussionist and turntablist. Scratching on jambes. <laughs> <laughs> Which is a thing, so there. there you oh, go. yeah. <laughs> anyway, this is, this is perfectly fine. Like, 10,000 Maniacs was perfectly fine. It, it blows my mind that... Both Natalie and the Maniacs, who continued on, soldiered on without her and went through like a bunch of different uh, nine thousand nine hundred. Yeah, 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 yeah. They had a lot to work. Oh through. man, I bet every music press made that joke. I'm yeah. sorry. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, apologies to fucking I don't know Juice yeah. Magazine. Hot, 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 hot take from NME over yeah. here. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> 
Uh, but yeah, look, it's perfectly serviceable. It is nothing revolutionary. I, I you know, I'm not going to argue if it comes on. I don't mind. I just don't particularly care. It's just one of those deals. It's just like, oh, you're doing your thing, and that's nice. You're probably, you know, playing to a bunch of, you know, late 40s, early 50 lesbians now, just in clinging shawls, just sitting there in the theaters of the world. Just I like, feel like very it, nice. Very I feel good. like it gets to number 30 by a lot of people liking it rather than some people loving it. Mm, the Rubens. That's fair. <laughs> <laughs> the Rubens, the Stephen Bradbury of the <laughs> <laughs> they were surprised. <laughs> One for hoops, two for hoops. Oh! <laughs> Kendrick's going around. You voted for King Kunta, right? You voted. For King Kunta. I didn't vote. I thought everyone else was voting. Oh shit! He's like running, running to the office. Wait, but there's only one Kendrick. How many people are in the Rubens? <laughs> Great moments in Hottest 100's history. Yeah. Oh. Oh, but you're dude, right. This is this, is this is fine enough. It takes its time getting to where it's going, which mm. I think is something I generally like, but don't really like because this is so where she's going isn't where I'm going. So <laughs> I'm like, I'm here, but Natalie, I was going the other You're way. Different buses, yeah. yeah, like buses What's... in the night. It's <laughs> kind of fitting considering that the entire track is about her walking around the city. Yeah, 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 totally. yeah. So it's communicating something there. Yeah, but the conga drumming, as you pointed oh, out, like it's it's so artifact of its timey and. Like yeah, like I'm not entirely down with it. I think I think I like it less yeah. than the two of you. Can I, I quickly really, yeah, can I quickly fine. point out one other thing that shat me about it? <laughs> just <laughs> in that in that chorus. Have I been that jazz? She just <laughs> fucking just <laughs> comes in and fucking like solos <laughs> over herself. <laughs> <laughs> She's got like three layers of her own vocals, like yeah. high, mid, and low, and then she just fucking comes in with like a from the start to, like it's She's not like the, the Santana of vocals it's not like, the thing where in the last chorus you sing over it's just like it's there the whole time it's like what's oh, that about and it's so annoying like the chorus works fine without her just like butting in on herself <laughs> uh, uh, yeah, yeah sorry uh, actually well, well actually yeah. <laughs> the first thing I got when I heard this song is just kind of like <laughs> apart, apart from that <laughs> Which I didn't actually mind that much. Just on that point, I think it's I think it's a nice little added piece of melody. It doesn't shit me that much. I was listening to it, going like, "Holy shit! This reminds me of some other band that I quite like. What is it? What's going on here? Fucking talk, talk." Ah, this As reminds in, it's me. It's my life, talk talk. Yeah, but more like the from laughing stock. Yeah, from la- latter day talk talk. talk talk. Yeah, the ideal talk talk. My favorite talk talk. Just the constant piano synth line in the background. Mm. Uh, that kind of percussion. The the melody as well. Just kind of being very, I don't know, like gently delivered or whatever. So like it actually makes me like the song more because it already has that uh, vocabulary for music that I'm kind of into. If it weren't for that, I don't know how the song would land for me, but that's actually a pretty decent one. Did you guys stumble upon the rather dark associations that this song had? No. Yeah. Okay. So there's a serial killer by the name of. Whoa. <laughs> that, I wasn't. Went from one to a hundred. I wasn't joking. Yeah. <laughs> like, not fucking around here. Uh, Eileen Warnos. Her entire story is incredibly sad. Actually, it's it's not just a clean cut kind of like they're, you know, they're a terrible person killed some people. <laughs> yeah, you know, it's like who's got sympathy for Patrick Bateman? Dude's a jerk. Killed a lot of people, right? It's, it's a little bit more complicated than than a movie. <laughs> it was a movie though. Um, do you know the movie Monster? Oh right, oh, Charlize Theron. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh shit. Right. 
her. Oh, okay. So when she was incarcerated, she apparently discovered the album that this was from, uh, Tiger Lily, and became completely enamored with it. Used to listen to it all the time. We just became the world's biggest Natalie Merchant fan and actually requested this song in particular be played at her funeral. And I believe uh, it actually was. I hope she huh. voted wow. for it. I <laughs> thought it was going to be a, like... That was her while she was serial killing. No, no, no. Um, after, after, after she was after, done with that. Yeah, is it, yeah. Is she sort of like you know path of redemption in prison or not so much. Well, Merchant kind of looks at it that way. Yeah. She was she was quoted saying that like if my music gave this person who after all had a pretty horrific life mm. um, when all said and done a little bit of comfort at that moment in in her life like regardless of of the act she's committed she's kind of kind of happy about that um, good, although merchant does admit that, that it's a really weird association that the song now has i think there was a documentary as well um, about Eileen Wallace then they used the song um, as a part of that i yeah, think actually right. maybe merchant was um, was interviewed for that which is where the info came out but it is a very strong correlation that this song has for a lot of people in relation to that particular Mm. story at at any time in anyone's life you know you can sort of find an emotional album that really clicks with you and you have a huge but going to jail for like being a serial killer probably be pretty good opportunity to find like a real like this is but you know this is one of my desert island discs now (laughs) yeah and also like it's it's interesting because it is just such a i mean maybe this is part of a you know like the idea of incarceration and not being able to just kind of have the experience of walking the streets and um, yeah, that's fair. You know, and be, and being around people and just experiencing life happen around that's, you that's and, pretty and, and especially and, and there's the emotion a, a, in it, an element of feeling like an outsider in the song. Yeah, so yeah, no, yeah. Okay. So in a way, it kind of makes sense, and I don't think the association is entirely to its de- detriment. No, but there you go. It's weird. It's like it's a weird dark story to be attached to this fairly inoffensive. Yeah, just yeah. a song. slice of life song, really. Yeah, it is when it comes down to it. Slice. Totally. I don't know. Is ah. a, slice of, a real slice of face, though. <laughs> a real slash of. Abort, abort, abort. Get out of here. Oh, I'm going to straight up murder someone right now. I'm feeling great. <laughs> Woo! At number 29, they're back. It's Faith No More with Evidence.
more at number 29 with evidence. All right, you all get one joke in. All right, one each, okay? Nathan, you go first. It's been falsified. Perfect. <laughs> Mac? It's been falsified. <laughs> Adam? I am the law! <laughs> God damn. Yeah. <laughs> Love it. Love it. All right, Mac? <laughs> Look me in the eye and testify. What do you think of the song? Um, I think this is good. Um, hey! Maintain eye contact. <laughs> <laughs> Whoa. It's very intense yeah, it's right hard now. for me. Um, yeah, I think this is an interesting song uh, for a number of reasons. This is David just staring notes. this guy down. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I think this is good because it exemplifies, I think, um, how Faith No More, like their approach to, I guess, rock music in the 90s. Patton's singing here. like He's almost like a fucking jazz singer. And I really yeah. like that. It's a lot of like mm. blue-eyed soul to this. Mm. And really, I, I appreciate how much they took a real like fuck you we do exactly what we want to do i don't care if we don't appeal to bro college metalheads which i'm sure was a significant part of their fan base yeah to put this song on like a funk metal record is kind of ballsy uh having said that i don't really like the song itself i know that it's a fair amount of cheese that goes along with most mike Patton jazz like or soul experiments but i think here the cheese is a little bit too thick um (laughs) there's enough to here to like double cheese and I'm like, I'm not like I was intolerant, but like I was indifferent. Um, <laughs> this I is, could yeah, have yeah, cheese. Yeah. yeah, but like Mike's voice is in great form and like all the band work here. The piano is fun, but I just, I don't know. It, it, is, it doesn't entirely click with me, even though, I, again, I appreciate it on paper more than I appreciate it on audio, which is how it's meant to be. This is what I, I assume. <laughs> yeah, but like, there's enough here to like, but not enough for me to you like. like the report of the song much more. Exactly, yeah. yeah, yeah, I, yeah. I, like the criti- I like the critical analysis. This yeah. is classic Red Letter Media's take down episode one all over again. <laughs> <laughs> that yeah. is such a niche reference. <laughs> uh, um, one thing I will note um, that uh, this song, uh, before anything else, uh, has given me one of my favourite uh, Mondegreens uh, of this entire Perhaps this entire podcast uh, in the liner, you look me in the eye, testify. I thought he was saying, you gave me a test it pop. It's <laughs> 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 like, is that, a, is that a good thing, Mike? <laughs> like, I know you're into some weird kinky shit, but like, it's like going up like that. Is that like, <laughs> a, is that like a thing that turns you on, Mike? Like, and I can b- fully believe that he never has had a testy pop in his entire life. Like just as a oh, child. Oh yeah, you look at the guy. He came out and he was just like, yeah. just like <laughs> in kindergarten. He just like, and he sings everything. Yeah. yeah. His versatility as a vocalist is genuinely terrifying. It's, oh it's, yeah. Have you ever it's heard that, that like bunch of like random acapella recordings he put out where it's all just like, <laughs> like doing all these weird, like, like shit. Tuvan throat singing stuff. Yeah, yeah, like mm, all right. that kind of shit. The fact that he can get away with that and people would still be like, yeah, my pattern's my dude. Yeah, well, Rocks. when I saw like Mondo Kane, yeah. and like when he has the obligatory, like the heavy song in the middle of it, to go from like operatic Italian to like growling, it's just yeah. so fun. Like, Oh, it's nuts. He's a virtuoso, really. Yeah. Like, oh, he's a, he's of, a of, band, of, too. Of I think, like, you know, yeah. like credit to the band. Like, oh, yeah, yeah. Roddy, um, Roddy it, Bottom, I believe is his name, the keyboard player. Yeah, right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, uh, we were mentioned when we talked about Digging the Grave, we were talking about how he plays guitar on that track just to kind of give it that extra kind of like, uh, but when he like kind of goes back to his main form of being the keyboard player, you know, he assembles this little synth orchestra on this song, you know, which is, you know, equal parts cheese and drama and everything. Like he really kind of sets the mood on this on this track. So I really, really dig that. But also they fired the bassist Jim Martin. Yeah, that's right. Because they yeah. just didn't just wasn't happening. He wasn't. went off and became a pumpkin farmer. <laughs> 
Is, really? Is that yeah. real? Huh. Or did that's you just what I read. That that's what I read. Huh. Yeah. I mean, I haven't asked him. Yeah. Oh, it sounds like an innuendo. Yeah, totally. <laughs> I don't have to be a pumpkin farmer if you get my drift. He, yeah. wor- he worked with Billy Corgan. <laughs> yeah, and as you correctly identified earlier, Andrew, like a lot of fans were kind of off put by, by this direction. Like it was one thing that people weren't down for. But do you want to know why it became popular in Australia? Because this is my favorite thing oh, about great. this. Yes, I love when. Was it used songs- on a TV show? It was on a live performance of a TV show. Hey, hey, it's Saturday. Yes. Oh, my God. Dog him red. Dog him red. (laughs) Finally, we get to talk about Pluck a Dog. (laughs) (laughs) Mike Patton is not a chicken or a cow. (laughs) (laughs) Woo. I did not expect it to be... Hey, hey, hey. I think, well, recovery, like, yeah. Yeah, but, yeah. yeah. It's like, I'll pick a show that it definitely wasn't. 29th. 29th most played song on Australian radio that year. Huh. And it came in at number 29 here. So. Okay. <laughs> I like that we were just taken to doing <laughs> <laughs> Donkey Kong, Daryl Summers. <laughs> oh. I haven't seen them together. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> I've never seen Daryl Summers noticed? and Richard Kingsman in the same room either. <laughs> oh, oh my god! Shit. What's under Pluckaduck's mask? <laughs> <laughs> Who is Pluckaduck? Have you ever noticed when Ozzy Ostrich is talking, Mike Patton is it? <laughs> <laughs> but also on Hey Hey It's Saturday was Dicky Knee. Dicky. Oh, oh my yeah. god! Dicky Knee, DK. Oh shit! <laughs> Oh god, this is How just... deep does it go? <laughs> oh my god! What is happening to you? Hey, it's Triple J. How did oh no one see this before? <laughs> oh so obvious. Get Lavinia Nixon on the phone! You know the um the Call up Wilbur Wilde, we need answers! <laughs> you know the the wall of photographs with like the red tie? Like this is yeah. a fucking mess. Like, there's things connecting this of like nothing leaves. Andrew, this the... isn't a mess at all. There's like three things that they all have a like clear, solid clear line, line through them. Almost cracked the code! <laughs> wow it w- wow that's i guess it must have been a really good performance of the song yeah or, or just I, who knows, whatever so has the evidence really been falsified <laughs> or is that's just what we've been led to believe jesus christ wow. can, can we, we even talk about know. this song anymore yeah like i have other things to say but honestly <laughs> we didn't talk about what happens in it musically at all <laughs> should i then I like the strings. Yeah, look, I think it's lovely. And I, I kind of want to make the point as well that I love how restrained the guitar is. Yeah. Because that helps lock it into a, an older world feel. There's definitely a version of a song, of this song, by a band like Faith No More, where they get to just start, you know, shredding at the end because that's what they can do. And that kind of ruins the song. But, like, it's it's really beautifully restrained. It's It shows a clear love for a kind of music that they're not... Uh, famous for, but obviously yeah. have an appreciation well, and knowledge of because that's just kind of what they're doing. Faith No More songs we talked about were Digging the Grave and then Easy. Like, yeah. this, you know, like they are just a yeah. band that are very good at music. Yes. And they're not interested in doing one type because they don't need to be. And like they yeah. bring the same, the same virtuosity to to this stuff that they do to the heavier stuff as well. And it's it works and it's so good. This is, yeah, this is a great song. Like, it's super cheesy or whatever. You know, I'm not going to like. I'm not going to really feel the emotional story of the song, but it's just like, it's it's a joy to listen to because it's so immaculately played and produced. But on it being cheesy, I also think there's this thing that where, because they're not known for this kind of sound, when they do it and when they do things even indeed like easy, it kind of stops it from being, because it's so unexpected and because it's so uh, not what they do, it kind of 
prevents it from being cheesy because it, it creates distance between themselves and this style of music. Because well, like in we're... the end, it's not them, yeah, but, yeah, they, they're doing but they're it still doing it. Like... So It's like when we talked about Easy when we had the discussion about whether or not they were having a yeah. laugh yeah, or yeah. loving the song. Yeah, yeah. That's right. Really and I, and it, I think it's kind of the same kind of thing here, except instead of a place of the one Commodore song, it's kind of that, that aesthetic, that genre whatever it is that they're, they're kind of playing with. I you. love the thought of like thousands of people seeing the Hey Hey It's Saturday performance of this song and then going out and, and buying, buying a Faith No More, more Best Of or something Ooh. and having a bad time. But would they though? Because honestly, oh, like, I think, I think there's mums enough. Mums would. Mums yeah, like, would. Yeah, yeah, yeah. mums would. Mum, dear mums. mums. Just can't catch oh. a break, can they? <laughs> mums can't catch a break. Mums. We love your mums. <laughs> I, I love mums. Yeah. I have some mums. Like, I'm not going <laughs> to blankly say if you had a kid, Christ, you're Jesus awesome. Christ, man. Just like, <laughs> get excited and love some shit without- You're not like, mum intolerant. You're just <laughs> you're mum indifferent. Jesus Christ. Mum indifferent is a really good band. <laughs> Coming in at number 28, it's mum indifferent. That's a top band. That's a great yeah, band. Yeah, it's probably one of the best ones we've come up with. I love how fucking weird this shit gets. <laughs> This uh, is a great podcast uh, <laughs> about music. About music. Betrayed the love. Remember when we started this talking about music? <laughs> just, like, oh, the good old, old days. <laughs> All our opinions. We know too much now. It was the days. There's no going back. Days before the deconspiracy. <laughs> <laughs> Holy shit! Stay woke, fam. And number 28, this is the Red Hot Chili Peppers with Aeroplane. I like pleasure spiked with pain and music is my aeroplane. It's my aeroplane. Somber, sweet and sour Jane and music is my aeroplane. It's my Chili Peppers in at number 28 with Aeroplane. Adam Buncher. Yeah. Is music, is music specifically this music, your Aeroplane? Hmm. That's or, is it, or is it more like that uh, that uh, plane that went missing the other year? <laughs> <laughs> or, is it, or is it more like Aeroplane 2, the sequel? Ah! <laughs> like Aeroplane, Aeroplane Jelly. Jelly yeah. 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 Oh, I like Aeroplane Jelly. Yeah, Aeroplane I don't know. Jelly. Do you like Aeroplane? <laughs> Jelly? <laughs> <laughs> Look, I know everyone in this room is a Rick and Morty fan. Is is will completely understand when <laughs> I drop. Start talking about the Red Hot Chili Peppers. But... <laughs> no, we're just going to talk about how much we hate Jerry. <laughs> 
So if I say that this song gives me a very strong feeling of wubba lubba dub dub, (laughs) (laughs) do you kind of know what I mean? It's it's honestly the best way that I can express it. This is a deeply troubling song. I have a lot of trouble dealing with it. It's and the wubba lubba dub dub thing for those who haven't seen Rick and Morty is like this crazy catchphrase this guy says throughout the course of this crazy catchphrase and painting the show like it's like this fucking terrible. And then it's time for our gotcha call. Thirteen, seventeen, twenty-six. Give us We're a call. We're going to call Anthony Kiedis. Yeah. Anthony, Anthony, you're late to catch your aeroplane. Oh, he's live. The way you be, Adam. So it's <laughs> wubba lubba dub dub. Wubba lubba dub dub. Is actually an ex- is this fun, seemingly fun thing that actually is an expression of deep pain, and that's kind of what this song is like. To put it another way, it's like hanging out with your friend who's completely drug-fucked and seemingly having the best time, or would be having the best time, or insist they are having the best time, but you look at them and you're just kind of like, mate, you're, you're not going to remember this, number one, and also, like, you're seconds away from just, like, vomiting up a goddamn kidney and just Thanks being... Thanks for maintaining eye contact when you do that, Adam. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, no. This is the intervention episode. No, no. <laughs> Andrew, we love you. Yeah. <laughs> we don't love you. <laughs> We're not like Andrew intolerant. It's that guy. And that's the sense I get from this song. It's just like, even you hear it in Kiedis's voice, or at least I do, maybe I'm reading into it a little bit too much, but it's just kind of like, he actually says I'm feeling sad. Like in in as many words in the course of this song, so and he's yet, just spiked with pain. That's like the exact, of the exactly exactly like, and yet what we've got going on musically are these airy chords, this big, seemingly fun, floaty. Uh, floaty chorus and a song yeah. that I had previously thought, and I'm sure that many other people who who only have a passing relationship with this song would say is a fun, kind of light-hearted kind of song. We already know that the Red Hot Chili Peppers are going through the blurst of times at the moment, yeah. and I do, and I think this is just a, a weird kind of byproduct of people still engaged in the creative practice whilst having that. And I think especially the, the kind of bitter irony about the whole thing is they're singing about music being their aeroplane and whatever, being like their salvation, when realistically living the lifestyle of music, musicians is what has actually caused them so much pain in the first place and gotten to the point of, you know, like being slaves to drugs and um, having an absolutely fucking terrible time and, you know, and all, and all that kind of stuff. Um, it just seems really like vacant in a way, and just it's just not present in what it's representing. Like the the sadness to me is distant, and it's like they're trying to separate themselves from it, but it's so present that they can't do it. So you, I just get absolute wubba lubba dub dub from it. <laughs> but do you enjoy that kind of? Like- no, it, it's it's. I don't as a as a listener, all I get is that kind of weird, uncomfortable feeling. Like I need to intervene, to be honest. But do you feel like is it a good song for that reason? Like because songs that reveal too much about the person, like <sighs> no, I don't think so. Right. Um, I mean, I think it's I think it's a finely crafted song, but in the end, the feeling that I get, I'm not saying that music, you know, necessarily has to be enjoyable to be good, because some songs that aren't, you know, quote unquote mm. fun are still amazing pieces of art. And I yeah. think that is probably where I find the value of this song, especially as an artifact for the Red Hot Chili Peppers in their career and it's, and for that period of time. I think it's really valuable to look at it but I feel like it just unsettles me too deeply to listen to it. So for me, I, I totally got that. Obviously, yeah, like the upbeat music and the, the fairly dark lyrics or whatever. But mm. for me, that felt like an intentional thing, not to you know diminish whatever troubles the band is going through, which there definitely are some. Yeah. But for me, it's, it's a knowing 
creation of a song. It's it's that you know lots lots and lots of artists do it. Upbeat music, sad lyrics. Um, yeah, Pixies. Beck's girl. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Half of the Pixies. Discovery. Half of the Pixies. Exactly. <laughs> um, and so for me, I was kind of turned off because I thought it was too obvious, maybe an attempt at doing that, and the music for me wasn't bright enough. It just kind of felt like generic upbeat funk it's it's um, so it's so being... 90s rhcp as well like, yeah and, and the exactly lyrics are dark but i just like pleasure spiked with pain is not an insightful enough lyric to repeat as many times as they do yeah i just like yeah i don't know maybe I, there's a part of that for me as well but yeah like i i totally i'm aboard with what you're saying it's just for <gasps> me i i felt like that was somewhat constructed maybe not like i'm not saying it was fake but, i'm open to the idea of being constructed and i thought it was poorly done and mm. and just kind of not as I don't. Yeah, I mean, it couldn't really, in all honesty, be the kind of thing that came about, inten- you know, subconsciously or unintentionally. It mm. has to be constructed to a certain extent. Even the Chili Peppers have some sense of self awareness. Maybe the feeling I get from the song is exactly the right feeling for the song. Mm. Um, I think. I think they're in just which case not it's good exceeded, enough to but... get the complexity of the idea that they're chasing. Maybe because yeah, like the the, uh, the upbeatness of the music is kind of like like it was just like dumb straightforward upbeatness it's not like mm. it's like super like oh wow you're really doing an interesting juxtaposition here it's just 90s for hell chili peppers music yeah yeah like I, I thought the song was fine like it sounds like a 90s for hell chili peppers song navarro makes it a bit more him when he like wah-wahs about yeah. <laughs> I, I i felt a bit overprotective when he was saying that hope sandoval must push her voice inside of him so yeah he's like, 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 like you, not talk about you, hope like yeah, that you leave yeah. hope alone yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah i can understand that <laughs> also the kids it's weird. Oh it is God! Weird, I fucking it? hate that. <laughs> I just don't like the idea of. I don't know. I, I got a. It's a weird, weird kid feeling. But again, it's not like the, what weird they're singing isn't. Uh, what they're singing isn't weird enough <laughs> to make it really at New South Wales Police. <laughs> like an interestingly juxtaposed feeling. Like we're like, oh man, like having kids sing that is crazy. It's just kind of like eh, it kind of feels a bit off. Yeah, it's like don't hang around with these guys. They're not in a good way. <laughs> yeah, kids. yeah. You, you know, like I hope someone else was present. Yeah, like but, but, but again, how I, Anthony got hooked on drugs in the first place. The kids, he, he, no, when he was, he was hanging kid, with the red hot. His chili dad peppers. was a music mogul, and then like, he was a kid and hit of coke and heroin at a party, and he racked a lot when he was a little oh, kid. Are you fucking oh. serious? So like you're writing a song about how music has you know come with a price to your own well being, and the story is that. Being in a music studio at a young age got you addicted to drugs, and then you're bringing kids in. That's weird. That is weird. To, to watch you do drugs. To watch you be in the studio. <laughs> if that wasn't mm. enough, they've actually started playing this song again live. Really? Huh. Yeah. Huh. Because, huh. yeah, well, they, it is ob- a big they obviously favorite. didn't play it for like 15 fucking years because Frashante was back in the band. But now that he's got in the ass and they've got Frashante too. <laughs> Frashante <laughs> harder. Was Frashante a bit precious about playing songs that he didn't help with? Oh, totally. Yeah, right. Yeah, like. Like, mm. fuck, he'd want to do that. Like, no, no one hot minute or any of that sort of shit. Nah. Nah, yeah, just, right. just the golden era. <laughs> <laughs> the golden Frashante years. <laughs> the golden reason, me years, as he calls them. Uh, there's a reason no one remembers again? this shit. Hey, like, one hot minute is just... It's not a very good record. The fact that some people think it's the best Chili Peppers record is so fucking weird. Are some people Dave Navarro? <laughs> uh, At least one is. Yeah, let's, let's not trust- say what you will about one hot minute, but I'm great. <laughs> the guitarist sounds really handsome. Oh. <laughs> he should be in a rock star show on the fucking Fox Eight network. <laughs> oh shit! Yeah, look, this is this is just a a whole big 
fucking bit of nothing. Like, I appreciate all the insight you guys have just gone into. I was just thinking about uh, this old Bill Hicks bit where um, he was talking about uh, the movie Basic Instinct. And, you know, it was just talking about, like, all the discussions around, like, oh, is it too sexy? Is it too racy? Is it... No, 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 no. Watch it again. Oh, it's a piece of shit. And we move on. <laughs> so it's just, just like, oh, but his kid is troubled. Oh, is it about drugs? Oh, is it about, like, fucking up his entire... No, 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 no. Just listen to it again. Oh, it's a piece of shit. All right, moving on. Da, 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 da. <laughs> I just don't think it's like of all the songs, like I just didn't think this one was worth the insight. I appreciate the fact that you've gone to that fucking extent, but yeah, I just never pictured this. This was always just one of those just like, and also this song in like the history of the Red Hot Chili Peppers. Like uh, there is a little bit more to the, the next Red Hot Chili Peppers song that we'll be covering, spoiler alert, but uh uh, yeah, I just didn't think there was anything really to this one, or to Warped for that matter. Maybe I'm underthinking. No, I'm with you. <laughs> no, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Try like, again, Chilly Willy. Yeah, pretty much. Number 27, this is Ammonia with Drugs. <laughs> in the 1995 Hottest 100 with a song called Drugs. Uh, we've had uh, a little history of uh, what's called uh, It's That Song moments uh, where we've seen something on paper and gone, I don't know the band, I don't know the uh, the song, I don't know why it's this high, I don't know how this beat, I don't know, fucking Grace or some shit or Park Life or whatever the fuck we've compared it to in the past. But the second... That's, but there's nothing here. And I was just like, oh my God, it's this song. This was another one of those rock radio staples that just was just everywhere for fucking years and years and years. I don't know what became of the band. I couldn't tell you anything further about them apart from this song, but it fucking jams. It's just this wonderful slice of really simple really catchy power pop there is there's nothing more to this song than needs to be like it's just perfectly arranged that perfect like sweet jane chord progression like the da 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 it's catchy as hell it's got that right amount of fuzz the guitar tone that's dialed in just works so well for it i remember jamming this in the the car like 
back in the day, you know, like hearing this as a kid, you know, just one of those super simple, super catchy songs that everyone can enjoy. And I'm glad that that resonated with the uh, the voting audience <laughs> of 1995. I've found in the past, like with these like kind of generic, like also ran rock bands that, you know, it's just like, oh, you know, just another bunch of fucking cis white dudes just rocking out <laughs> on their guitars, on their fucking right-handed guitars in their garage and like, you know, like middle upper middle class suburban i love that you, you know. as a left-handed guitarist yeah, yeah, real, like, fucking right-handed southpaw sting in yeah, there yeah yeah exactly fuck all yeah. y'all <laughs> at least at least a fucking left-handed guitar will give them something interesting <laughs> <laughs> you can really pick up yeah, the tone yeah like that, 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 that yeah, yeah totally totally put that in the press release yeah 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 guys i've got this idea for a band all right it's four guys all uh right-handed two guitarists one of which sings a bass player and a drummer Think about it. What? Now, I, I know it's a bit out of the ordinary, but... Is the world ready? Go with me on this one. Go with me on this one. Uh, but maybe you're right and maybe I'm crazy and there's nothing I can do about it. <laughs> Have at it. See, no, what, see what you guys think of this. I'm yeah. really glad you defended it because as soon as I... Heard, I didn't re- recognise it as a song. This no, I've never heard it. But nope. I, but I was so well, there you go. down with it, eh? Like, yeah, I, yeah, I, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I, yeah. It's like I have no defense of it. If people say if you say it's generic or crap, or it whatever, doesn't work on paper, no, at, like at all. I, I connected with it like a motherfucker. I yeah. thought it was like heaps of fun. Like when the like the crunch of the chorus comes in, I was so on board. I thought this was a really delightful piece of generic like it's crap but it's so fucking fun i yeah. really enjoyed it like there's no way to critically analyze it because it's just so <laughs> generic but it's so much fun i thought it was a really terrific piece of rock music it's very simple it's just like really nice guitar tone check really good pop hook check cool um, i mean and that, and that's the whole song yeah. so if you've got if that's the whole song and everything's good that's good. a good song yeah. that's and what I i'm gonna do about it the, obviously yeah. so much of the charm is in the simplicity and yep. that like lack of it's not trying to be another big UMI song, and that's what separates it from all of the other also-ran 90s Australian rock bands. This stands out because it's just what it is, and it's not trying to be anything huge. It's just it's just a great song. But yeah. it was a huge hit. It was so big. Yeah, it was both here and in the US. This yep. was a massive thing. These guys were Jay Darlings. DK um, looked at these guys and gave him the okay. Good and, man. Yeah, yeah. And, and, and so it was a big reason for why they got so big. They were signed to Sony's Murmur label, the only other band to be signed to that uh, at around about this time was another little known band called Silverchair. Oh. Oh. <laughs> um, and also the album was produced by a guy called Kevin Shirley, who also produced such bands as Iron Maiden, Slayer and Led Zeppelin. So it may explain... One of these things is not <laughs> like the other. But it does explain why it kind of sounds the business, because yeah. it had a businessman yeah. behind it. Other band names that this band considered before. <laughs> right, I love this. Uh, this is like, just like classic, like young band yeah. stuff right here. Also, a particular amount of success to have on like your Wikipedia article or whatever other bands you might have been known as. Or yeah. yeah, yeah. Well, they f- only were called Ammonia because one of the band members found that in a science textbook that dates the the guys <laughs> in the band yeah, really pretty does. hard. Um, previous to that, they were called Fuzz Swirl. Or, good, good change, guys. Or good change. Glorious noise earthquake. Mm, great Ooh, change. I love great it. Change. Mm. Yeah. From, yeah. Yeah. They wrote this song uh, allegedly in a band practice in like five minutes. Love it. Like Makes it was sense. just. Yeah. A, it's yeah. like, yep, of course, it's that song, and and it has all the joy of that song. But they just like they nail everything 
just right. Yeah, yeah sometimes that song is is a really good that's song. It. But I but I also I love the idea that because I imagine it's pretty weird to be in a band in your early twenties or whatever and have like one major hit that's like number twenty seven in the hottest one hundred charts really well overseas. It did great in the US and Canada. Mm. The video at five thousand dollars was the cheapest one to ever be put on high rotation on MTV. Hey, oh, sweet and like. All of this. And they did pretty well. They played Big Day Out. They put out another album, had some singles. It wasn't, you know, like this wasn't their only thing. But they had like massive international success of a five minute like rehearsal jam. Yeah. I'd like to think you'd be pretty grounded in in like the music industry is weird and shit if yeah. that happened to you in Hopefully. your 20s. Yeah. Like, you'd be like, yeah, like none of this matters. Like <laughs> you'd, you'd be done with your like your your success, however long that lasted, and then be like, yep, well. Yep, that's cool. like we, we got out of it more than we should have yeah, I I'm, guess. I'm going back to uni now yeah like whatever <laughs> like, but it's it's such a fun song yeah. I like it was it was a joy to discover because uh, I'm, I'm glad we're totally all yeah because it doesn't work on paper at all yeah. like you, you kind of like what's going on here this oh but this is so much fun it's exactly so what happy. I want out of my riffs it's exactly what I want out of my vocals yeah, yeah. Nice work, Ammonia. Also, oh, drugs. It. We can put this on the the twelve year olds voting card, right? I know it's it's not a <laughs> shitty like let's no, poke, no. let's smoke some pop, but I think twelve year old kid votes for a song called Drugs. A twelve year old mm. kid does, and, and he's going to be voting for a, another certain uh, drug related song that's coming oh, yeah, up very very I very think, soon. I think we're going to get the ten. I, think I hope so. Next, next time, next time this comes up, we'll check. I think we should check back in and see where the voting card is up to because well, mm. I think we're going to find it. But. Tip of the bucket hat to the boys, then. Yeah. Full credit to the boys. Yeah, bucket hat to the boys. Ah, <laughs> oh, yes. You can smell him in the air. The godfather of grunge has arrived back in the hottest 100, much to the delight of everyone in this room. <laughs> the iconic, legendary Neil Young is back at number 26. This is Downtown. With a song called Downtown from the album Mirrorball uh, in the 1995 Hottest 100. Oh boy, we have fun with this 
this man? Don't we have fun? <laughs> Do we? This, this... Well, last week we had a bit of fun. <laughs> well, that's a little true. bit of fun. Him and the, mainly him and the mainly because he wasn't singing. Yeah. <laughs> it technically wasn't really his song. He's he like the weird uncle either. that just comes round like semi-regularly and brings you things. And most of the time you're like, I don't want this. But last time it was like, wow, how, I didn't, how did you know I was into dinosaurs? This Thanks. Is, <laughs> just a bit, a bit of family history. This, this, this is, that's the equivalent of uh, my actual uncle coming around and burning me ripped CDs of German metal that I'm not interested yeah. in. Yes. But then one time he brought around the dead Kennedys. <laughs> what a leg. Perfect. This Fucking is, this is Andrew's German metal uncle. <laughs> oh. All right. Well, That's all we need to say uh, yeah. about the song, yeah. really. <laughs> Just, we, can't, we can't make it any clearer. Yeah. Jesus shit. <laughs> all right. Well, it's time for me to throw it to a man with a heart of gold, uh, Mr. Nathan Harrison. Well, okay. you know about so, so this comes from the same hangouts that we talked about that brought us. I got id. Uh-huh. Uh huh. Yep. We talked about that a lot. Yes, was that we did. last week. Whenever it was, yes, when we did. you know, great times and a really cool thing for Neil Young to have done to be like, I'm going to go to Seattle and try and like get a snapshot of this scene and and try and put myself in it musically and get something interesting out of it. It's, like, it's really cool as an older musician yeah, to totally. want to be interested in contemporary music. Absolutely, and and then to collaborate with with a, like a young band. Like that's that's amazing, yeah. and like I think they both got a lot out of it, or whatever. I don't know. This song's it's just what it is. I wish it was a cover of the Broadway song Downtown. That'd be way better. <laughs> um, but it's just like or a, or a future cover of the Macklemore. Yeah, somehow. Or it turns out that the Macklemore one is the cover. Yeah, Whoa! You don't need a wristband. <laughs> but it's just I don't. It just it is what it is. The guitar. <laughs> The guitar does its thing. I'm going to cover that. I'm doing that. It doesn't grab me. I don't feel like the song goes anywhere. This this feels like the song that my dad, like, you know, your dad in the car would teach you to, like, nod your head to a song. Oh, like, no. And, yeah. Do you, do that, like, that kind of, that, like, oh. that's all. Like, I just don't get anything from this song. I yeah, think it's, it's really, to, to say that this is what he produced by going to a city where a really big musical moment was happening, where lots of things were changing and exciting. This song sounds dated. The lyrics are about old bands. It's just like... And he bags out hippies again. Yeah, it's just like... What <laughs> is, you had a problem with that when, when fucking Technohead was doing yeah. it. He's, he's banging well, out the hippies yeah. again. Honestly, I didn't listen to it close enough to pick up the hippies. Hippies are there. There you go. Yeah. But it's just and like, he's not happy. It, it, it sucks that this is the result of his exploration into grunge music. Because when we, It could have been cooler. When we listen to I, Get, I Got It, like I really feel like Eddie got so much out of that, even just from a songwriting perspective. Yeah. Yeah. Like I am like, man, that collaboration is huge for you. This song is impeccable and you 100% couldn't have done this without Neil Young coming in and just like workshopping songs with you and, and giving you like lessons and shit like that. I don't feel like this is a song that Neil Young couldn't have come up with on his own exactly. in his garage. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like this, this could have been in the same recording sessions as Piece of Crap, um, yeah. which we all know how I felt about that. <laughs> it's not even a terrible song. It's just kind of... Yeah, it's just like it's a rock song that goes. Dun, dun, it's one of those dun, things dun, that like. Dun, dun, dun. I, 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 yeah. I, that was the most uninspired acapella I've ever seen. That's what it feels like, though. <laughs> That's just how I feel. Yeah, I don't like. It's just yeah. I think like my biggest problem is that it doesn't sound like he got anything from it, and I think he and did. We didn't in, get anything from like it. in other songs, mate. I don't know, but like it's yeah. just so many like great like legendary artists, and Neil Young is a great legend. Mm. Um, yeah. It just sucks that we're at the point where now where his songs are in the Hot 100 because they're Neil Young songs. Like this, if if this was by anybody else, nobody would have given a shit. It's way high though. Like even with the it's name, way high. it's way high. So I don't know what's up with that. Yeah. I think I think that's still part of the Neil Young Pearl Jam 
Like that's an interesting thing that happened in 95. <laughs> but so. surely even if you looked at the products of that particular session, you'd still put I Got Id over this. So I, got, don't I don't understand. Older people that don't like Pearl Jam but like Neil Young. I don't know. Yeah, I, I don't know. know. I really don't know. That's just kind of like I listened to enough of this song. You know what I mean? Like I don't even yeah. know whether I made it all the way through because yeah. like, <laughs> once it became apparent that that was all it fucking that it was. Wasn't the Macklemore song. <laughs> but, but, yeah, once it was obvious that he did know something about mopeds. Like, <laughs> I was out. Yeah, Deej, yeah. are you gonna yeah. are you gonna defend? Uh, look, this is not the cross to die upon. Obviously. Nah, nah, nah. <laughs> <laughs> This was fine, like, uh, yeah, I didn't hate it, because, you know, like, uh, it takes a lot for me to hate a Neil Young song, and, yeah, just, I don't know, I have too much of a history with the guy, I've spent too much time (laughs) listening to that whiny bastard fucking go on about whatever the fuck in his own goddamn life. Like, if you go through my last FM, it'll be like, you've listened to Neil Young, like, 600 times, it's just like, have I really? (laughs) Jesus Christ! Does Last Fucking FM ever, like, give you warnings? It's like, maybe that's yeah, enough. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> maybe that's enough, Michelle Branch, Nathan. <laughs> <laughs> the inside baseball there, sorry. <laughs> do we want to bring people in on that? Nathan, this is a here's a Michelle Branch. Na- <laughs> As in, like, everywhere, Michelle Branch. Yeah. As in that one Go on, tell the my, story. My, phone, my phone's, like, because like, I didn't, like, because I physically <laughs> couldn't have. I listened to it a lot because it was. On, I had it on, like, a 90s playlist that I uh-huh. listened to a lot when I drove around, and it was on that, and it was a great song. Like, it's a great song. I'm not saying it's not a bad song. There's no shame here. But my phone scrobbler thing, I don't know what screwed up. And Last FM thinks I've listened to it uh, 2,900 times. Nice. Top artist by a Oh, yeah. By <laughs> song. And, if you, and if you don't know what Last FM is, wonderful, wonderful site that basically just, like, keeps track of everything that you listen to that isn't up any of our alleys at all. Yeah. Because we don't, you know, we don't, I don't know how that. accurately it keeps up with what you're listening to. But and sometimes it just, you know, forces Michelle Branch on you. Yeah. Occasionally, I'm okay with that. Yeah, <laughs> like I said, no shame. It's yeah. just I physically couldn't have listened to it that many times. Yeah, decade by decade, you kind of just see Neil going through and trying different shit. Like it would have been so funny to see like some of the shit that he was doing in the '80s charting. Like uh, he did a bunch of records purely like kind of print style just to get out of his contracts. Mm. He did like they were just like mm. you made Harvest that made like a fuck Tillion can you make another harvest he's just like oh actually I've got like a 30 minute rockabilly record over here (laughs) and I've got a record where I sing entirely through a vocoder over here and I've got like a straight up country record over here so uh you can you can have them, I guess. And then they were just like, oh, you just did Rockin' in the Free World. That was a hit. Can you give us another one? It's just like, oh, maybe I'll do that sequel to Harvest you guys wanted. It's like, fuck you, Neil Young. <laughs> I'm actually into electronic music. Now. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> Jesus Christ. He actually did, yeah, this album he, Trans in yeah. like 1983. Like, he's a monster when it comes to this sort of stuff. Like, like... We can try and argue about his motivations or, like, what he's trying to do at any given time, but the reality is, from 1960-whatever-the-fuck to 2000-whatever-the-fuck, Neil Young has done whatever the hell he is goddamn pleased, and that is not changing here. He was just like, I just want to 
I, I want to make another like da da like a like a another big song to put on his big black guitar, you know, the fucking churn out with his giant amp and uh, get into this cr- thing Crazy Horse used to do, which was called the huddle, which was they'd all come in together and like jam on this like on like a chord or a chord progression or something like that. So you'd have Neil, the other guitarist, the other bass player, and the drummer all coming in together like in front of the drum riser and just like fucking just like locking eyes and just like yeah. Yeah, yeah, let's fucking keep going. Let's keep going. And you can obviously tell that that's what they were trying to do with this song. So I can see what they were trying to do with it. Like, you know, it's just kind of treating it like a jam session, similar to Piece of Crap. So I can appreciate it from that standpoint. This is obviously never, not even going to touch my top 50, top 100 even new new Young songs. But I can at the very least appreciate where he was coming from and what he was trying to do crazy that this got up so high i think i honestly think it's the other way around like that all these young like pearl jam fans are like that you know 15 16 or whatever the fuck you know it's just just like oh pearl jam are into this really old dude like what's his story yeah maybe Huh. Hey, hey, Signal mom! Boosted. Hey, mom, dad! You know who this new young guy is? and they're just like oh well have i got a story for you oh that's because every parent Likes New York. Once you guys have kids, you'll start appreciating <laughs> a lot more. You're also going to get really into Fleetwood Mac. <laughs> hey, man, um, I'm already into yeah, Fleetwood Mac. Yeah, That's yeah. great. Yeah. Oh, congratulations. I had no idea. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, I had no idea you had a child. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, bless up. Goodbye, Neil. We'll see you in the future. Bye, Neil. See you, mate. Bye, Pono. <laughs> <laughs> That brings us to the end of yet another episode of Hottest 100s and Thousands. Thank you so much for listening. Thanks to FBI Radio for having us. Before we get out of here, we're going to pick our favorites and our least favorites. Uh, I am going to nominate Ammonia for my favorite and for my least favorite. I'm probably going to go with the Red Hot Chili Papapas. And I am going to throw this one to Mr. Andrew McDonald. Yeah, Ammonia for my favorite as well. And you. Downtown for my least favorite. Same. Same. Nice. Nice. Yeah. You got, but you. It was a lucky escape for you, Chili Peppers. Uh, <laughs> all right. Well, we will see you next week. But until then, on behalf of Mr. Nathan Harrison, bye, Mr. Adam Buncher. Keen to meet Nathan's son. <laughs> congrats, man. Congrats. And on behalf of Mr. Andrew McDonald, goodbye. My name is David James Young. Keep music evil. Bye bye. Pluck it up. Pluck it up. That would be so weird if I actually had a kid, but none of you knew. <laughs> yeah. And then, and then just yes, it off like that. It's like, oh, Rachel's been out for a while. I like Fleetwood Mac. As you have a kid. Yeah, yeah. I do. <laughs> that's, what, like, that's like... Jeff. My... His name is Jeffrey.